This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm joined today by Brady and David. It's a light pod this week as the football and basketball commits have dried up at this point in the offseason. The sole item on the docket is a two and two week for the baseball team. But first, gentlemen, how are we feeling today? What's what's new? What's exciting? I mean, obviously, baseball has been back because we've been talking about it on the pod that you guys have been listening to for the last couple of months at this point. Seasons kind of kept on going and going, but the major league season just started recently. And so going to be honest that a lot of my time that isn't involved with my job or with this, and I'm sure it's the same with David, has been wrapped up in little esoteric baseball stuff going in all across the country. And of course, the stuff going on with the Braves at home and so just on a personal level it's a really nice time of year baseball's back yeah i mean that's pretty much all i've done um i went to opening day in chicago which was fun um they haven't won in the two games since that i've gone to but like they both they've both been blowouts but blowouts of the like okay this is fun for most of this variety um but yeah, no, we have just once March Madness is over, we really reach a just a critical point in the year where it's basically baseball for for most of my viewing. It's baseball. And then, you know, you sprinkle in some NBA in here, here and there. But yeah, it's it's baseball season. Yeah. And like, I know that there's a lot of like in the middle of February, people will be like pitchers and catchers report today. Baseballs. And for me, I just, that doesn't really do much. And like, I'll tune not in at all spring training as I like need to know stuff that's going on, but I do not get the urge about baseball until it's actually the season is starting and the games are starting to count. So you can call me a, whatever, as far as that, a simpleton, a, a millennial about it, but I need that skin in the game to be there. But once it does, I'm all in. The, the thing is, is there's already so, like, and I, I, I'm going to sound like a boomer when I say this, I guess, but there's already so many regular season games. I don't even know that I would want to care about swing training. Like, like, I think this year I paid attention to it a little bit more because there was a there was a couple of uh, competitions for the Cubs um, just in their rotation. But like. On a normal year, even when I know they're going to be bad, I don't care about spring training. Like, as long as you leave Arizona, Florida, whatever, healthy, then, you know, whoever makes your opening day roster might not even be there by the time the calendar hits May. So, you know, there's not really much that you can really glean from spring training outside of, okay, they went to a warm place and they took some at bats and you got to see some prospects. You know, that's that's really it. And of course, we didn't lead with the news of the Thursday night derby that's going to be happening in the NBA because the Atlanta Hawks won their play-in game against the Miami Heat to earn the seven seed, which means they will be playing David's Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. And so little rivalry that honestly I didn't lead with because, well, the Hawks shouldn't win the series. If they do, it'll kind of be a shocker. And so I'm definitely not going to lean into that series as far as like putting a ton of personal stakes in it but for me and i'm sure for any of the uh atlanta hawks fans listening to this pod after what was a really just mediocre season to follow just out and out getting into the playoffs without dealing with that second playing game and being in the proper playoff field after disappointment 
I feel like it's at least it's not a feather in your cap because this is still like below the expectations of where the season started for the Hawks. But like it feels better than the other. You know, it, it could have gone a couple of different ways, including not even making the playoffs at one point. So I do feel at least a little bit better. It feels like a little moral victory. Hawks fans, give yourself a little moral victory. You need it after the of <laughs> this year. No, they absolutely do. Um, I I feel like I'm a hater when I say this, but I feel like the Hawks will push Boston in a way that not many people are expecting. I don't think they're going to win the series, but if you're asking me if I think Boston is just going to sweep them, I really don't. Just because, I mean... If Trey gets really hot, then, you know, yeah, Marcus Smart's a really good defender. But, like, Trey's one of those guys where if he's just on fire and you don't have that full team component to defending, there's just really not much you can do. And the Hawks can absolutely steal at least a game, maybe two, um, against Boston. So I, I, I genuinely feel bad for whoever's the eighth seed because this year Chris Middleton's actually healthy. So, you know, I think the Bucks will be a pretty, a pretty tough out in the East. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the Hawks can, they'll, they'll push Boston and they'll certainly make Boston earn however many victories they get in this series. And since we're just doing a tour of all the sports leagues that are currently active, I don't have anything really to say about the NHL, except those playoffs are about to start and I'll do the thing I do every year and just tune in occasionally when I hear a game's close in the third period and get invested in one of the sides, even though I didn't really care 20 minutes before that about that team. Best thing to do. Hey, all I'm going to do is put money. I'm not actually a better, mind you, but I'm putting money on the Bruins to not win because they just broke the record for the most wins in a season. And I don't believe any team in any of the major sports leagues that ha- that currently has the best regular season record has won the championship in that year because the Warriors didn't when they won 73 games. The Patriots didn't when they went perfect in 2007. The Mariners didn't back in 95, something like that. No, 2001, I think. Um, 2001. Yeah. So I, the, the Bru- Bruins might be good. They might, you know, they might find a way to go deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but I, I feel like somebody else is going to win. Let's be chaotic. Very bold of you picking 29 over one team to win it, no matter how much they're the favorite. Just very, you're really going on a limb picking the field against one other NHL team. Oh, absolutely. You know, this is how I bet. Always pick the field. Also, I did lie. There is one investment I always have, and it's a, a Canadian team needs to win the cup again at some point soon. So us Yankees have stolen all the glory for – I think going back to the late 80s. I forget the for the last I think it's 85. Happened. Yeah, it's like, been I, way too long. It's been a I, while. The Winnipeg Jets just snuck in as the 8 seed, I think in the West. Um Toronto Maple Leafs have like not gotten anywhere deep in the playoff, but have had talent for sure and I think those are the only two representatives they're going to have, but go one of them. Make it happen. I'm rooting for you Great White North. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Georgia State baseball. The Buslot boys lost their first two games of the weekend in walk-off fashion to James Madison, but managed to salvage the series finale 3-1 to and bested Middle Tennessee State 5-2 to in their midweek game. This leaves the Panthers 16-17 and on the season and 5-7 and in the Sun Belt, respectively. Next up is three games with Arkansas State this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Red Wolves are 12-17 and last in the conference with a 2-8 and Sun Belt record. 
Following on from the weekend series, Georgia State will have a two to play next Tuesday and Wednesday, heading the short way into Midtown to face Georgia Tech first before coming home to host Mercer on the following night in the GSU Baseball Complex. So, gentlemen, thoughts on the Buslot boys? So, Joseph Brandon had a decent start on Friday, um, which is something that Brady himself has been clamoring for, getting a good, good Friday starter, get a good start in there. You know, I feel like the line wasn't that bad, honestly. Like, okay, first three innings, give up four runs. But, he, you know, you battle. He kept going. He finally settled in and got through seven. And, yes, the last two runs were charged to him, so he gave up a total of six. Um, but it's been better than it was. And I mean, Georgia state battled too. Like they, the offense, you know, kind of chipped away, chipped away, finally tied it up at the top of the ninth. And yeah, they ended up losing in the bottom of the, in the bottom of the 10th, excuse me, but it, it was a decent pitching performance. And that's something that Georgia state hasn't really had the last few weeks. So good on them for that. Yeah, it's just everyone's minds were different. That's the one I don't single out because I feel like every other performance pitching wise was just legitimately good and not like it was good if you look underneath the underneath the table a little bit because you know they were up three nothing heading into the bottom of the ninth on the Saturday. Really unfortunate walk off to lose that one, allowing four in the ninth to lose the series, uh, but they didn't let it get them down. They won on the Sunday. And now we do have to talk about the like Rafael Acosta is kind of giving that stability that you're looking for from anyone in that Sunday. The Sunday starts uh, after Mace Mattel has not been available for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he's seven innings, one run allowed uh, after six innings and one run allowed the previous week against Coastal. So, it you know, you've honestly gotten a more reliable performance from him than you'd gotten from Joseph Brandon and Ryan Watson the last couple of weeks, which is saying something about you want those guys to maybe find it again. Although that was a little bit unfair to Ryan Watson because he was fine in the Saturday game, uh, eight and a third and just got a little bit away from him as he's going for the complete game. Uh, Ottinger ended up taking the loss with the blown save there. Uh, but Acosta finding something you, that feels very important because I think you still do trust Brandon Watson, find it again. And if you can put it together where at least one of them, you know, if you put it together where they're both on again, and now you can at least get maybe not one run in seven innings from Acosta, but something quality from him on that Sunday, you know, that's where you're going to be back in the territory of feeling like you can, win these series again and not drop them because we're we changed who the pitchers were gave you those great outings were um, but you got it from Watson and Acosta this past weekend and just they they couldn't get across the finish line with that 27th out in the Saturday game but you know two of the three starters really really gave you that shot and you know the third one wasn't so far off and the, the offense was in that game and you know like we were talking about last pod, it, it's not really worth belaboring that the offense didn't give you that much production in these games because they have done it for so much of the year that it's okay that they're going to have games where they need the the pitching to pick them up, um, which, you know, thankfully to their credit, they were able to do fully in the Sunday and in the Tuesday games to, you know, it's a two game winning streak, which after the way the last couple of weeks have gone, um, it feels like a lot more than two. 
It really does. And, you know, if like you said, if they continue pitching well, I doubt that the offense is going to stay as quiet as it has been recently. And I mean, they still scored six on Friday, you know, like that. It's not like a, a complete power outage, but it has been quiet, quieter than that stretch where you were talking about. They were like eight and eight or something in, t- in 10 run games, which is hilarious. Um the the pitching matters more though, and we I mean we've said it all year, so we won't belabor the point or anything like that. But if they really are, you know, finally putting some innings together, I mean, this is how runs are formed, and this is how you just get hot and find a way to get to Omaha, right? <laughs> that is not the direction I was going to take the conversation, but that is I'm, I I the know. best way of being correct is technically correct. So exactly. There you go. I'm dreaming big. I, I will say I, I know that that is a a, a leap, but I, is, where is the sun? Does the Sun Belt have like a baseball tournament? Like, I, yeah, I only picked it's Omaha. Montgomery. Is it Montgomery? OK, yeah. I will. I will walk that back because, yes, if they're pitching and hitting like if they pitched like this past week and hitting like they were earlier. Yeah, of course, they could, you know, eventually win the Sun Belt or something. But, you know, we'll we'll first talk about getting to Montgomery and playing well there. Yeah, and I guess the other encouraging sign from the pitching staff is that Cameron Landry, who had been kind of a weekend starter type last year and you felt like maybe was due for a step up this year, he hadn't had as much success. Uh, but he gave you five innings, two runs allowed, seven strikeouts in the Tuesday game against Middle Tennessee State. Um, if he is able to kind of at least take that Tuesday role now that Acosta has moved to Sunday, He's shown in the past an ability to get outs and stack them together. And so that would that would fully kind of give you where you can at least pencil in someone for each of these uh, days that you're going to have starting. Uh, you're going to have a need for a starting pitcher. And you can say, all right, this guy has shown me either last start or sometime in the past that he's been able to put together an outing that's going to let us win a game. And so that's a change from even the last couple of weeks. And obviously with the two midweek games this next week, you're going to have to stretch a little bit further. Uh, you're going to have to hope someone else down the, the list of pitchers find some answers again, because I, you're not going to have all of the, you know, one of those games is going to have to find another person to start from the people you put out there on the mound for starts this season. Uh, but before even the midweek stuff, like we kind of have done this a couple of times, like with the, you just got to find a way to beat Charlotte in the football season. You just got to find a way to beat ULM. Uh, and those were games that Georgia state lost, but like you have to win this series against Arkansas state. And if you could find your way to sweeping it at home against the team who's currently last in the conference, you'd get back above 500 in Sunbelt play. You'd be eight and seven in Sunbelt. And you'd also confirm yourself being back above 500 on your overall record you'd be 19 and 17 if they just win two of three you'd be uh you'd be still under 500 in conference at seven and eight and you'd be at 500 at 18 and 18 and you know i guess everything feels like progress compared to the rough stretch that they had just gone through you know dropping the entire series against Coastal, then losing to Alabama State, then losing two or three to James Madison. But, you know, I think that if they want to get well and truly back on track, they're going to have to 
a win the series and try and take all three. Yeah, you know, in baseball, you're never like looking to sweep. You just want to take a series. But I, I agree with your point on you know sweeping because this. I mean, the schedule is like very interesting. They've sandwiched two, um, you know, supreme teams around Georgia Tech and Mercer. Um, Arkansas State is next, like you said. Then they play Georgia Tech and Mercer, and then the following week they play the following weekend. Excuse me, they play South Alabama. Um, so like there's there's definitely some room in here if you win of these eight games i mean if you can you go five and three in this stretch can you go six and two like that that'd be really helpful if they want to get their record back to where it could be yeah and i mean the losses have kind of stacked up to the point where you're going to need to bank on basically winning in Montgomery to get there this year. It feels like unless they just won out at this point, which wouldn't seem particularly likely, um, they cannot do enough to really give themselves real at-large consideration for the NCAA tournament, getting into one of the regionals, uh, in spite of the Sun Belt being a strong conference. Uh, so I think stacking wins would matter more in the sense of just getting momentum rather than building a resume. I think unfortunately for another year, they're kind of already out of the resume building conversation, but I think it's a different thing to just say that they had a winning record last year. They got at least a 500 in some play last year, falling off from either of those things when the season's over would make this a real disappointment, especially with what you brought back. And like you say, this is a couple of weeks where, you know, kind of, you know, Georgia and Mercer are obviously good, but those results matter, I guess, a little bit less other than that they're just games and you want to win every one of them. But the two Sunbelt teams you're playing, they're gettable series. You know, South Alabama was on the road, but just, they're a team that you beat last year when you played them. And it's on the road, sure, but they're not as strong as they've maybe been in years past. And so this is kind of a two week stretch where you can reset everything and kind of be like, all right, we hit a rut, but here's a couple of series wins back to back, back above 500 and some play. We're back on track uh, because the season certainly doesn't end without a couple of more stern tests playing the likes of Georgia Southern and Texas state. All right, that's all we got for you this week. Told you it was a light one, but of course we can't get you out of here without talking about everything that's happening in Georgia State Athletics this week. So we'll jump right on into that Friday. The women's track and field team travel to Gainesville, Florida for the Tom Jones Memorial. That is a Friday and a Saturday all-day event. Softball hosts Georgia Southern in Atlanta at 1 p.m. That game will be on ESPN+. While women's tennis travels to Monroe, Louisiana to face ULM at 2 p.m., Baseball hosts Arkansas State in the first game of that series at 6 p.m. That game's on ESPN Plus and broadcast on the radio on WGTJ-FM 97.5. Moving on to Saturday, of course, the continuation of the women's track and field event. Men's tennis hosts Louisiana and Atlanta at 10 a.m. Softball hosts Georgia Southern again at 1. That game on ESPN Plus also. Volleyball has an alumni game at 1 p.m. in Atlanta. Beach Volleyball travels to Honolulu, Hawaii to face Arizona in the Hawaii Invitational at 2 p.m. Baseball hosts Arkansas State again at 6 p.m. That game's on ESPN+. And then Beach Volleyball plays Hawaii at 6.30 p.m. in Honolulu. 
And then moving on to Sunday, got a whole bunch of stuff. Women's Golf travels to Daytona Beach for the Sun Belt Conference Championship. That is a three-day event, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Women's Tennis travels to Jonesboro, Arkansas to face Arkansas State at 10 a.m. Softball hosts Georgia Southern again at noon on ESPN+. Plus. Baseball hosts Arkansas State again at 1 p.m. Men's Tennis hosts Southern Miss in Atlanta at 1 p.m. Beach Volleyball plays Hawaii again on Sunday at 6 p.m. And then Arizona at 8.30. Moving on to Monday, of course, second day of the Sun Belt Conference uh, Championship for the women's golf team. And then on Tuesday, softball and baseball both play at Georgia Tech. Softball playing at 6 p.m. And baseball playing at 8 p.m. up on North Avenue. That game will be on ACC Network. And then finally on Wednesday, baseball hosts Mercer in Atlanta at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus and WGTJFM 97.5. And that's all that's happening this week in Georgia State Athletics. Get out, support your teams, and we'll see you back in the next episode of the Thursday Night Podcast next week. Till then, have a great one. Go Panthers.